Good morning, good morning. We are dancing in with Soul Makasa, Mano Dibango. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own Sister C, right here in the place to be, CJSF Radio 90.1, with your Friday Speak Up show. Have we got a treat in store for you. Good morning, good morning. As I promised, I have a treat in store for you today. This is Charlotte Farrell, your own Sister C, and I... I'm doing the COVID safe distancing practice we're doing here at CJSF, recording from home or recording at the locations and sending my program in. So you are going to be hearing the interview that I did yesterday, right now. Good morning, good morning. My guest today is a special treat. I have Julia Hunter, who is the executive director of Food Stash, and she's got a new campaign she's going to be discussing with us. Good morning, Julia. Good morning, Charlotte. Thanks so much for having me again. So what is this Double Up campaign about? Yeah, so we launched just this past November our first ever matching campaign. Uh, so we we're really excited to get it going. But basically, we wanted to uh, raise some money. So our board member, Leonard Shine, agreed to match all donations between mid-November to January 1st, up to $15,000. So hoping to raise $30,000 altogether by the new year. But we also wanted to shed some light on some larger, more national and international goals around hunger and food waste. Uh, and so through this campaign, not only were we striving to raise money to support our programs and our um, and what we're up to here at Foodstash, but also to talk mainly online, like you and I are here today, but also on social media and talk about these issues, start the conversation and really try to engage people on what um, what a future could look like without food waste and without hunger. Now, as you mentioned, Leonard, that takes me back to a little bit that I wanted you to explain about who he is and why he started Food Stash. Yeah, of course. So yeah, as you mentioned, Leonard has been around since the very beginning. His son, David Shine, founded Food Stash in 2016. And so together, I mean, without them, Food Stash just wouldn't exist, I don't think. So uh, Leonard has been one of our biggest supporters. He's also a board member and our treasurer uh, and basically key to the success of Food Stash Foundation to date, for sure. And what was the burning thing that was happening with him as a teacher, kind of his burning yeah. desire to make a change? Because, you know, this last month, last week, we talked about international human rights and Margaret Mead in starting that talked about what is it that we can do. A lot of people think, well, I'm just one person. But could you share just a little bit about his transition from teaching to this beautiful program? Sure, yeah. So I think it it was a combination of many things, but um, something that maybe pushed him over the edge to really pursue it full time was a local documentary film called Just Eat It, which showed just how much food goes to waste and the impact of that. And then on the flip side, knowing how many people um, are hungry and don't have access to healthy food. And so that really 
inspired him to start Food Stash Foundation. And I mean, in its early years before, obviously, I even knew about it. Uh, but from what I've heard from him and others is that it was truly a one man mission. And over time, um, people were drawn to it. So we had a lot of really dedicated volunteers that helped him uh, pick up fruit, food from local grocery stores and suppliers, and then drop that food off to different charities around the city. And then I believe it was in its second year that he first began to pilot the Rescued Food Box program, which is a program that's still active to this day. And at the time, the pilot was about nine families that he started with. And so that was a weekly delivery service of about 40 pounds of perishable food that they had recovered. So food that would otherwise have gone to waste. And they were delivering that to those nine families as part of the pilot program. And now, excitingly enough, we're just over 80 households on that program and looking to get to 100 by March 2021. So um, that's definitely one of the most meaningful programs of ours. I mean, to be able to connect with families and support individuals who uh, might be struggling for various reasons, it's just, uh, it's really meaningful. And so we're happy that that program is still continuing. Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> but at a time, something related to agriculture, it's really an example of seeding. And, you know, we have a, a singer that has a song about seeds. So we're going to listen to that and then we're going to uh, talk about zero hunger because I think that that a great connection to what you were talking about, this mission of zero hunger, half the waste. Ready? We let it breathe like we plant seeds like we let it breathe like we plant seeds like this. Let's go. Hey, yeah. God grant me time, I've lived nine lives Some days I didn't feel inspired Now I'm all smiles, on fire, realigned So I see the signs, reading the unseen Like a manual to paradise The fear of dice throw, no more I can feel my life flow, I can feel his rays When the light's low, might slow Down on the mic, I will not go Every time I think the gig is over, there's an encore Do you want more? My roots run deep and wide Down to that living water inside I got an overflow, here comes the rain But my hope floats, friends, folks and strangers all attack to what I wrote. No joke, peep my life story. I am just a walking testimony of the grace he has bestowed on me. Fear is real. Faith is the muscle I build. Give me the strength to move mountains and I will. Yeah, feel the spirit. People are reborn through it. I am not your savior or the answer, but I can do it. Lost and found in the music. All of y'all know the truth when you hear it. Your soul will lead you to it. Yeah. <laughs> Let the beat go. Pundit seeds like... Come on. If you do the math, you're on the right path. Everything is everything, natural law. Still strong after all the wrongs. We still sing victory songs, never disappear. We're here, strong heart, mind, and spirit. Baby, be great and fearless. Ask question in stillness. Take a deep breath, manifest. You'll never be without. In time, it will work out. Build up your spirit, all my nations, all my relations, strength and foundations. POC is the key, it's in the trees, it's in the breeze. Connected, uh, yeah, and me. 
It's not complicated. Defend the sacred waters in the land. It's all part of the plan. So many teachings, so many meanings, so many feelings. Creating life while we're dreaming. Women are supernatural beings, crashing all through the ceilings. Our lyrics are healing. E.T., J.B., Missy D. It's all going down. It's all going down. We let it breed like. We planting seeds like. We let it breed like. Missy D. Ha. Talk about gardens while we planting some of the seeds. Talk about the way you and I live and breathe. Little bean, little seeds, what you want me to do? Talk about the real you and the real roots. Don't worry about it, you know that you got me. It's more than a harmony. Feel the air we breathe, TLC. Our lives flow like waterfalls. Don't go chasing them dollars, love. So plant your feet, talk to the ancestors. High and low, it's not the amount of shows, amount of gold. Water your seeds and watch it grow. Respect to our youth and our elders. I sang it to you, you, you a daughter, I saw I plant seed in these rhymes that he yield and so forth. Melodies fade, melodies made, back to some of the days, summer days. Take me back, back to a time, back to the future where it blooms and aligns. Home is where I belong, rise up to the voices in this song. Rise up, rise up, and listen up. Are you the token of the art, or you've come really far? Change is what we are, you can take this apart. The seed is in you, planted from above, but we down. People, I said, the seed is in you, planted from above, but we downward people grow, go, grow, go, grow, go. So, this is Charlotte Farrell, your own sister C, here at the place to be CJSF Radio in Burnaby. We are recording our conversation remotely in collaboration with our obedience following the COVID-19 precautions. But today we are talking about food stash and the campaign Double Up and Work Towards Zero Hunger with Half the Waste. So my guest is Julia Hunter, the energetic, committed <laughs> executive director of Food Stash. So what is this Zero Hunger, Half the Waste? Good question. So we wanted to frame our campaign around those larger goals. Um, and so the zero hunger is tied to one of the sustainable development goals that the UN, UN has set for 2030. So looking to reach zero hunger internationally around the globe by then. Uh, and then we also wanted to link in a national goal that Canada has, which was to cut half the food waste in half. Um, also by 2030. And so, of course, as you know, Food Stash Foundation, our mission has always been twofold, to reduce the environmental impact of food waste uh, while bridging the food insecurity gap. So obviously we couldn't do one without the other. We need to rescue the food and then that way we can fulfill the second part of our mission. So that really is the, the essence of this campaign was to highlight that uh, at the local level, we can still make progress towards those larger goals. In case anyone hasn't seen it directly, with a lot of people being shut in, you're not really seeing what's happening where there are people on the streets, people at food banks. What is the kind of picture, climate of hunger in this prosperous city of Vancouver right now? Mm -hmm. I think one of the hardest... Um, Things And I mean, especially back in March when COVID-19 hit, 
and uh, people were isolating. Suddenly kids weren't going to school and parents who were used to that now had to look after their kids, maybe work from home, um, or maybe they lost their job or um, had different health issues. So there's so many variables that were heightened with COVID-19. And I think for those who were maybe on the brink of struggling, it it pushed them into a situation that was um, even more dire. And so from my end, and I think a lot of our community partners could relate, we saw a significant increase in the number of people that were looking for support, um, some of which wasn't the case before COVID-19, as I mentioned. Suddenly they were set with these new circumstances that uh, we just had to do for public health and our own our own safety. And so um, it was hard. I mean, for Food Stash and our partners, we suddenly had this intense uptake of people reaching out and organization, organizations reaching out as well. It was interesting. A lot of organizations that hadn't done any food program, programming before were now taking on this new initiative because obviously everyone needs food at the end of the day everyone needs to eat and so not only was it at the individual level but also new organizations pursuing uh food programs to support their clients um or scaling previous programs that they had at a rate that uh was pretty intense so the need was really significant i would say between march to june and i think it's only increased since then of course everyone is getting a little bit more used to those restrictions and this, you know, new way um, of doing things that, that everyone's um, saying, but the need is always there. And so it's just been about trying to meet that need. Now you are somewhat of a bridge between rescuing food that might otherwise go into the, uh, in, into the waste and rescuing the bridge to uh, food banks and other programs that have had their usual sources cut off. How do you work both ends of that bridge? Well, it was very interesting when COVID-19 hit because, yeah, I mean, as you say, people needed help and people want to join our programs. But then on the other side, in our food recovery program, there was this massive fluctuation in supply versus demand and how the food system was impacted. For example, in March, of course, all the businesses shut down, so restaurants, uh, local food businesses, and so we did a, a bit of a new initiative to support those restaurants that normally um, normally we don't partner with. A lot of our partners are retail stores, wholesalers, and farms, uh, but the need and the amount of food that would have gone to waste with these businesses shutting down and not being able to actually use that food um, was insane. And so we started that in March, which is quite temporary, because of course, once they shut down and all the food had been collected, then that, um, that would kind of area was satisfied. But then I would say around spring, the quantity of food that we saw come through the doors from our regular retail supplier partners was crazy. Um, and probably for uh, many different reasons, but I think, you know, the amount of product that us as consumers purchased in those first few months, maybe out of fear or wanting to stock up. You know, we saw on the news how like the shelves were emptying and people were hoarding toilet paper and all that stuff. Flour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think what happened was everyone went out and stocked up and bought so much and the stores 
tried to order more to meet that need. But by the time that product came in, consumers had already started to, um, to buy less or return to more normal spending habits. So you suddenly had this huge amount of food uh, without really an avenue to go through other than uh, folks like us, food stash who rescue that surplus. So the amount of bread, I mean, everything we rescue, it was just a crazy level that we had never seen before. Our driver team were the true heroes in that time because uh, it was a, it's a lot of work to rescue food and move it physically. And so um, between, I would say, the period of May to August, honestly, was nuts, just the amount of food that we were rescuing. Yeah, I just want to reflect again about what individuals could do, because I remember talking with you at that time, and because of the COVID space restrictions, you didn't have the volunteers, so you couldn't let the volunteers into the building. So that meant that you as administrative staff were having to handle the bulk of that food. Yeah, exactly. And actually just as of, well, time's flying, it's already mid-December, but as of uh, November 4th, when those new restrictions came out, we actually uh, restricted our volunteer opportunities even more to not allow any new faces in the warehouse unless we had seen them in the last two weeks prior to November 4th. So we went from having a decently large pool of volunteers to come in and help with sorting and boxing to suddenly only having seven people that we had seen in the last My two goodness. weeks. And so that was big for us. Uh, and we've relied a lot on their help, obviously, because um, with the way things are, in order to keep our own circle as small as possible, that was just the safest step for us to take. So those protocols are still in place. Um, and I, it's, it's been tough, but it's been going well, and, and we've really leaned into it, and our volunteers are amazing. So, yeah, as you mentioned, it, it's hard to uh, to encourage people to come and volunteer because we just simply don't have the opportunities. But I would say to folks to go to our website and sign up for our newsletter because once it is safe to do so, that will be communicated over email. And so if, if you're interested in the future, that would be the best way to kind of stay, stay in touch. Now, you know, in different types of news coverage. We've seen people lined up like never before outside food banks and some of the places that were sources of food saying, you know, that they've run out or they don't have enough. Do you provide food to any of those uh, sources? To, do you mean other food banks or other organizations yes. running food programs? Food banks or, or organizations. Yeah, so we partner with over 20 community partners across Vancouver. Not all of them are a food bank style setup. Some of them have meal programs. Some of them have uh, similar food hamper or food box programs for their clients. Others are housing uh, organizations, so their clients live on site. Um, some are just resource centers, like on the downtown east side. We have a couple partners there where it, it might be more of a walk-in and grab-and-go setting. Um, but we have over 20 partners that we work with and really try to tailor what we're delivering to them to meet the type of programming they do, because obviously um, not every organization is the same, and so we try to uh, be as flexible as possible so that the food we're providing will actually be used up and, of course, not go to waste that 
at uh, their organization as well. Right. And we know this is going to be kind of a, a high period of time when people are used to using food and celebrations and they're having to isolate. Your campaign goes until uh, January 1st. What are some of the things that people's donations help to make happen? Absolutely. So with every single donation, of course, that allows us to continue on our mission and rescue more food. Right now on a monthly basis, we're rescuing over 65 to 70,000 pounds of perishable food that would otherwise go to waste. Uh, about 75% of that goes to our community partners working on the front lines and supporting uh, Vancouverites who need it. And then the other 25% comes back to our warehouse where we're sorting through all the food diligently we're boxing it back up into rescue food boxes. And then with the help of volunteers, we're delivering that food right to the households of people who need it, which to be honest, has been a lifesaver in all this is that our programs are all fully delivery based. So it allows families and individuals to remain at home and still get food to their doorstep without having to worry about going out to the store and buying it. So if you're looking to donate, now is definitely the time with the matching campaign and every single dollar goes towards our twofold mission of reducing the environmental impact of food waste and feeding people all, all at once. It makes me think of, you know, now we, everything is around staying six feet apart, but this is <laughs> one of the ways that people virtually reach out, <laughs> they can touch a hand uh, exactly. because the food does get into people's hands and into their stomachs and helps sustain life and, and hope. Uh, yeah. Could you tell walk us through the box food program that you have, I think you even have people delivering those on bicycles? Yes, so this past spring we launched our pedal to plate program which was supported by the Greenest City Grant from the City of Vancouver. And so really that was to help us scale the program both logistically, but also in a way that stayed true to our environmental values. So not necessarily wanting to scale at the expense of just putting more cars on the road to make that last mile delivery. So the Pedal to Plate program is in partnership with Shift Delivery, which is an electric uh, bike cooperative in East Van. And so our goal was to basically double the number of households in the first pilot year by outsourcing that delivery to shift delivery, who basically comes, picks up those rescued food boxes, and then delivers them with their electric cargo bikes that I'm sure if you live in Vancouver, you've seen them scooting around. I know that they're biking through all seasons, rain, snow, they're amazing. And so... That's been great for us uh, to see that program grow successfully. And as I mentioned, we're at 80, hoping to get to 100 in the next three months. Um, and then we've actually applied to hopefully continue that program for another two years. But that's not quite confirmed yet. Uh, but our fingers are definitely crossed, and it's been a huge success. Yeah, I think it so connects the dots because sustainability and donations and employability, I mean, you, you're also making it possible for some people to work at a time that uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs. So it's sustaining people's, you know, ability to feed themselves or feed their families through subcontracting to people to deliver the food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's in the box? 
So it's about 30 pounds, uh, <laughs> half of it, <laughs> 30 pounds, sometimes pushing 35, but we really treat it, try to keep it uh, at a weight that is safely liftable, especially for our volunteers and our staff. So around 30, 35 pounds, about half of that is fruits and vegetables, just a medley, depending on what uh, was recovered that week. Of course, we can't guarantee what we're going to rescue, just the nature of what we do. Um, and then we also do take preferences. So some folks, you know, might not consume dairy, some might not consume meat. So I'd say in a standard box, you would get your fruits and veggies, your yogurt, milk, cheese, meat, but that all depends on if you have any allergies or restrictions. So for those who say uh, are vegetarian or vegan, then they might have a little bit more fruits and vegetables because they're not getting the meat. Um, so it just kind of depends that way. But we focus on those main food groups. Uh, and again, it's all perishable, perishable, healthy food. We don't have any processed or uh, non-perishables in the food box. Do you give people any information on how to use the fruits and vegetables or foods? That is an area we're working on. It's uh, It's been on the bucket list for way too long. And it's something that we're really talking about for this coming year because you're right. I mean, some of the food we're recovering and putting into those food boxes on one end, it might inspire people to, to look up new recipes if they're not familiar with what that item is, but how cool would it be if they got a little recipe card or a QR code that links to some information about that item? I think that's definitely kind of the next step and next level for us to, to start to develop and put into place. So right now it's, it's, it's not, but it's, it's coming. Uh, and that kind of coincides with some other educational um materials that we want to be developing not only about food literacy and maybe recipe things but also some educational content on the larger issues like food waste like food insecurity what are the root causes you know what does a ideal food future look like those types of things so all in all across the spectrum i think we could definitely do more um, on the educational side of things and that's something we're looking into but, well, you know, we renamed the show from Speak Up to Speak Up, Listen Up, and Act Upon what you heard. <laughs> and uh, CJSF well, the station is on the campus of Simon Fraser University, although we can't go and gather in the, the classroom. There are people that are doing projects. So uh, listening up in ways that people that may not be able to donate money, you may as a student or as a professional in the community, uh, create some of those recipes or communicate with the program with that wish list of items of ways to use foods, um, ways to keep food safe, etc. And people who have to do papers, I know when I was a student, we were always scratching around to make papers that are relevant to uh, human situations and real problems. So sustainability is very big. So from whatever college or, you know, if you are, a lot of retired people are going back and taking classes. So there's a project area for you to do papers on uh, <laughs> the connection to all of these interconnections, uh, pre preventing food from wasting, uh, providing things in environmentally friendly containers, and then using bicycles uh, to the extent that it's possible so it's not contributing to the carbon footprint driving cars to deliver food. 
So tell people how, aside from the project, just for the funding or if people want to help in other ways, could you provide your contact information? Absolutely. So I invite people to check out our website, foodstash.ca. We're also really active on Facebook and especially Instagram. So um, if you're not able to donate, I would encourage you to just follow us on Instagram and follow us on our journey. We post a lot of cool updates on there. Uh, and especially with this campaign underway, we've been doing a lot of really interesting and unique collaborations with other businesses and whatnot. So I think the first thing you can do um, is to just follow along and see what piques your interest and see if something inspires you. And then hopefully once we're in the clear with COVID-19 and we can have more in-person interactions, uh, we'd love to have you at the warehouse. As I mentioned before, um, you can sign up for our newsletter by visiting our website, foodstash.ca, and that way you'll receive all the updates as they come on the volunteer front. Uh, yeah, I think those are the main ways. We also have a really great blog post that we put out on the website that you can check out. It's all about the matching campaign, about the who, what, where, when, why kind of thing. Um, and we also have a really great blog post about one of our program members, Perlene, and her family. So if you're looking to learn more about the Rescued Food Box program and its impact, I would invite you to check out our stash stories and our blog posts for sure. Okay, just because things sound differently as people might be driving or moving about, spell your website. Yes, so food, F-O-O-D, stash, S-T-A-S-H dot C-A. That will connect you for information, volunteer opportunities, etc. Um, yes, and our Instagram handle is at Food Stash Foundation. Okay. Now, do you all accept toys? People have, you know, contacted the station or contacted me to find out what can people do who used to, you know, give toys. Do you put toys in with the food boxes going to families? We don't currently, um, just food, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I, I'm sure I could think of many of our partners who would be really interested in that. So um, I can definitely follow up with you and maybe connect you to some of those organizations. Yeah, and those are things too that you, in your Instagram or social media, people can post questions. But I was going to make a comment about liking. I've been taking a, a, a workshop during this week, and it was talking about social media. When you just like something, it doesn't really do a lot. But if aside from liking it, if you take the time to share, use that little, you know, B button turned on its side, and share the information with a friend, share information about this Double Up campaign, because it's really critically important now. I mean, at a time when so many people have lost their jobs in Vancouver. The cost of houses have, has actually increased. The cost of many things has increased. So being able to give a little or give something that will help this organization in the ways that it bridges the gap between farmers, uh, not having to throw food away, agencies in the city that would not have those contacts to be able to get the food, it's a very small thing that someone can do. So share it. When you visit the site, share the opportunities about the information, but also share the opportunity to do something before January 1st because, you know, it's just a 
an intense time, and it, it helps people to go into 2021 with more hope. I think you said that better than I did. Listening <laughs> 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 uh, to you, I, I really believe in, in the sustainability, uh, and I think it's really great that you've made those connections. What the premier said a few months ago that they were going to provide some money to help keep farmers from having to dump their milk. Do you know anything about that or were you was milk in any way uh, one of the foods that you might have gotten more of? Definitely. I mean, I think we saw an increase in all the types of food that we recover typically. Um, I did hear about the mass surplus of milk, which was uh, tragic to hear, but again, a, a symptom of a food system that's been set up um, in a way to, to, to not respond ideally in a time of crisis. And I mean, it's hard to, hindsight is always, you know, <laughs> key because if we had known what was coming, perhaps we could have adapted a bit um, more quickly but of course with just the amount of food that was going to waste across Canada I think it really put pressure on organizations that are in that business to redistribute it um, and hopefully like we take away some key learnings from from that time because it, it was something that none of us had really ever experienced before to that degree so I think it will hopefully set us up for um, you know god forbid something similar happens in the future. Yeah, I think just thinking about things that um, the pandemic has shown many things that we just took for granted or yeah. never had that imagination that now people from every perspective, people in education and health and farming and engineering can really make you know, work as, as think tanks and start to work through some alternative solutions so that we aren't having people starving on the one hand and food going into the dump on the other. Beyond people, how does your program help pets? Pets? Animals. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Actually, if you're wondering about the animal sanctuary partners, that would be mm -hmm. the only um, connection between us. So actually our partners moved to the interior almost right before the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, actually, no, they might have moved in the summer. I can't quite remember. But um, so, yeah, they moved their sanctuary to the interior. And so we've been looking for new animal sanctuary partners, which has been difficult, to be honest, because a lot of those sanctuaries are out in the valley and Chilliwack and Mission uh, and quite far away. And, and so we trialed a couple new partnerships. But at the end of the day, um, we have, you know, about five to 600 pounds per week of inedible food that doesn't quite meet standards for our food box. And, uh, it's well beyond the capacity that a lot of these sanctuaries can take. And in addition to that, I mean, it seems like such a shame for, um, for inedible food waste to have to, again, travel even further just to, to be used up. So, we're kind of back to the drawing board on that one. We've actually been looking to into a couple um, compost digesting machines to mm. break down those inedibles so that um, they're not just going to waste uh, and into the bin out back. So 
that kind of coincides with a, a move that we're planning in 2021. We're actually looking to um, move into Vancouver into our own warehouse space, and that will really give us the the room and flexibility to um, to trial some of these newer newer machines as a way to to cut our own waste and again ensure that our operations are uh, as zero waste as possible. So that gives another thing that people can put a pin in and think about because just because the yeah. current money campaign <laughs> ends on January 1st, the need and opportunities for you to get involved with food stash continue. Uh, some people are selling their equipment, so that might be another thing to put onto list of consideration if there's equipment that uh, you might be able to use for this food composting or um, just any other parts of your operation because it's expanded beyond, uh, it's not just a place that somebody gives a, a bag of cans and you sort them out. It's really a multi level multidisciplinary organization. To uh, wit, at a time when some people are kind of bristling about COVID requirements, you have some specific things that you have for different types of, of, of people. Like with the food recovery program, what are some of the things that you have given as directions to the drivers? Yeah, so we have specific protocols for basically every program and every aspect of our organization. Uh, for our food rescue drivers in particular, of course, uh, face coverings, uh, physical distancing, and we've worked with our charity and also our supplier partners just to ensure everyone's on the same page. Uh, another big one is PPE in the trucks. So our drivers don't have the same access to running water and soap that you would have at, say, the warehouse, where sinks are, you know, everywhere and readily available. So providing enough hand sanitizer or gloves, whichever they prefer, uh, face coverings, again, and cleaning supplies just for, you know, the steering wheel and kind of sanitizing at the end of the day or you're sanitizing your phone or whatever it might be. So staying stocked up on uh, PPE is super important, physical distancing. And then we've also worked with our drivers and our charity partners to ensure that we can do as safe delivery as possible. So that kind of looks like uh, verbal communication with the partner on what types of food they want. And then the driver going into the truck and laying out those boxes at the, the back tailgate of the truck and then kind of stepping back. And then the partner would go and take the boxes themselves. And that is just to reduce the hand-to-hand -hand exchange of boxes between partners and our food drivers. Um, so just setting up like a process that works for everyone that is still uh, effective and efficient, but um, trying to maintain that physical distancing as much as possible. Yeah. And then with the rescue food box program that you have some specific things for um, the reusable insulation, how does that work? Yeah, that's been a that's been a um, an interesting development. So when COVID nineteen first started, we actually switched from our reusable CSA style boxes to kind of like a tote bag that you would bring usually to the grocery store um, and and reuse yourself at home. So 
we switched to those bags, which um, was great. We actually had a lot of them donated from a company called Care Bags. Uh, and they must have donated hundreds to us because we use these bags from March all the way through to, I think, July or August. And we were doing, you know, 70 or 80 deliveries a week. So that was a lot of bags that they donated to us. Um, and then come August, I think by that time, enough research had come out about proper sanitization, what was safe, what wasn't. Uh, and we felt it was a safe time to go back to our reusable equipment. We had also hired a new program assistant to help us with um, the added time and work that would take. Because, of course, hand like sanitizing every single piece can take quite a long time. And so having that extra team member has been really key in ensuring that we can keep up those safety standards and, and go back to that reusable equipment. So right now we are... Um, using our CSA boxes, we have insulation sheets and ice packs. Uh, and basically, once that equipment is returned to YVR Prep, the uh, the staff who receives it sanitizes it right away before we put it back into our dry storage. So that way, everything that's stored is clean and ready to use for the next week. I think that's just admirable and something for people to think of about when they say the trouble of wearing a mask that you're going to an extensive amount of not I don't think of it so much as trouble as care uh, contributing a special certain amount of care at each step so that it's honoring health uh, not just giving something someone something to eat but really helping to give them something that is uh, safe that will reduce their likelihood of, of getting the virus at all through transmission of, you know, of food or supplies that hold food. Yeah, absolutely. And we were in regular contact with our program members as well. And I think um, that's a really unique quality about Food Stash is how responsive and open we are to, to feedback and the, the people who we are supporting. Because at the end of the day, that, that's part of our mission. We don't want to do something that our members aren't comfortable with, that our partners don't agree on. And so we really open those lines of communication and ensure that everyone's on board and on the same page um, because we want them to be excited about receiving that food box and we want them to enjoy it. And and that that means being really mindful of the way in which you're executing those programs and actually delivering that service. Speaking of everybody being on board, another novel thing about your program is that the people that are receiving the boxes pay something. What is the concept or thought behind people uh, paying something for their boxes? Yeah, so we do have a $10 per delivery. We call it a membership fee. So most program members, if they're getting a weekly food box, uh, then that would be a box a week and a month, so you should be $40. Some people opt for a bi-weekly food box, so of course that would be $20 per month. Uh, and we really do that for two main reasons. Of course, like I just mentioned, uh, if someone's paying for a service, no matter what it is, they're going to feel comfortable uh, to provide really honest feedback because they're paying for it. So they want to make sure they like it and they enjoy it. So it kind of creates a nice... Uh, relationship between us and the program members where they feel that they can provide that honest feedback to us, which we encourage and want because we want our programs to be responsive and tailored to the needs of our program members. So that's really important just for the success of the program. And then 
The second reason is just that dignified exchange of um, money for food. Uh, we think, and something that's been around since the Rescued Food Box program started was not just access to food, but dignified access to food, uh, where it doesn't just feel like a handoff, where it feels like we're all part of the same journey and mission because we really all couldn't do it alone. And so I think it just invites everyone in. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a program member, you're in the Food Stash family and you um, and your feedback is welcome and we appreciate you as much as um, you appreciate the food box and us. So I think it just, again, really opens the lines of communication and solidifies that positive relationship that we want to have with the people we support. Uh, I, I'm familiar with that concept as well from, you know, I worked in public health 20 years and I found with some programs, people don't like to feel that they're destitute. I mean, the program is able to help people who have nothing, but uh, people do feel happier when they're able to contribute something to it. So getting roughly a box of food at the grocery store, it seems like every bag is $80. <laughs> so yeah, $40 yeah. For, for a week's supply of food is, is wonderful, but still it does help with, with dignity and people feeling that they're making a contrib contribution that helps keep the program going as well. That everybody's got something, uh, got a stake, and everybody has, has got making a contribution to the program. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Well, I want to thank you for sharing information. We'll just double up one more time with a double dose of the information, the name of the campaign and how to get involved. So the name of the campaign is Double Up for Zero Hunger and Half the Waste. All donations made to Food Stash Foundation between today and January 1st will be doubled up to $15,000 by our matching donor, Leonard Shine, who's also a Food Stash Foundation board member. Um, and apart from the donations, we also encourage people to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Food Stash Foundation. We're doing a lot of great IG lives, conversations, and collaborations with different businesses to elevate uh, these goals and issues and how change can happen at the local level. Well, thank you so much for helping change to happen at the local level. And maybe after the 15th, we can announce some of the people who helped. <laughs> yes. Sometimes people don't want to be acknowledged, but we can talk about what was raised by this double up. Maybe someone who has people forward the message along. There might be some other people that want to double the donations. So uh, I just salute you and thank you and um, look forward to talking with you again about the successful ways that Food Stash is helping to reduce waste and feed people. Thank you so much, Charlotte. It's always a pleasure. It's always fun talking with you. Well, likewise. Have a good day. Check a hen, 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 make a friend, friend, friend. Check a hen, 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 make a friend, friend, friend. Hen, 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 friend, friend, friend. Hen, 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 friend, friend, friend. Check a hen, 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 make a friend, friend, friend. Check a hen, 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 make a friend, friend, friend. Hen, 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 friend, friend, friend. Hen, 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 friend, friend, friend.
know when you hit the flow, make sure you know to be neighborly. Showing love gon' change the world, then help some people's society who think they gotta be antisocial. People done gone plum loco. Shaking a hand, making a friend, gon' help them release that choco. Ain't no need to have your heart so cold when folks can't even penetrate. We all created in the image of I am, so that means I can relate to situations you dealing with. You feel with anxiety. I'm shaking your hand to let you know I care about your sobriety. It's a variety of people that go through life seeking affirmation. Just a little acknowledgement will help them release their frustration. Look at the picture that God is painting, creating relationship with different nations. You can be shaking a hand with a person that help you be the next Bill Gates. And all you need is an open mind and a little bit of opportunity. He places us strategically in different types of community. I need you. You need me. We all need God, obviously. Shake a hand, make a friend, and create some unity. Cause you ask not How you gonna get that promotional spot By having a conversation with the boss That gave you that job I feel like I've been robbed If I go through life day to day Without meeting somebody new Where I can share a little faith Come outside your comfort zone You ain't got no time to waste By reaching out and showing love You can put a smile on somebody's face It don't matter what state you in Make an effort, shake a hand By the end of the week Watch how many people that became your friend This ain't just no passing phase Corporate America do this every day This is how they they make billions, you can say they found a way to relate to their environment, adapt to their surroundings. Obama shook a billion hands before his presidential housing. Now that's kind of astounding, so this is what I figure. You could be a taker or so seeds as a giver, but I need you, you need me, we all need God, obviously. Shake a hand, make a friend, and create some unity. Shake a hand, 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 make a friend, friend, friend. Shake a hand, 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 make a friend, friend, friend. friends go hand in hand solo if that's how you want to stand united we bless divided we stress you need to figure out a plan don't get mad at the messenger just revelations for all men kind of come together and shake a hand make a friend this is how we all begin to enter in a new season god created humanity to work together like we in eden feeding the homeless coming out to meet the needs of an open mouth somebody asks you for some change shake their hand and say no doubt this is what it's all about taking care of the least of these then you start to have ears to hear and eyes to see excuse me my apologies if you start to get offended here let me shake your hand i love you that's why i'm convicted it's not a song to bash the world it's not a song to glorify christians this is meant for you to be relational with the life you was given because i need you you need me we all need god obviously shake a hand make a friend and create some unity
Well, thank you again for joining us this morning at 10. We had a wonderful discussion about Food Stash and the program, Why Double Up? Zero Hunger and Half the Waste. How people doing something, something as simple as making a donation or going to the foodstash.ca website, looking at things that they are doing, putting themselves in position to be a volunteer, or just making a donation that will be matched by uh, someone else that will help with the equipment, will help with the food rescue that they make from parts of the food supply chain and efficiently get it into the hands of other food programs as well as directly to uh, families. 80 families, double the number of families. So I will see you again. <laughs> I see you with my ears. You can hear me with your ears at cjsf.ca. And whenever people ask me what time it is, I say it is love time, poem time. Love time, poem time. Love time, poem time. Love time, poem time. Time for words from heaven to shine. Love time, poem time. Time for words to pattern Rhyme, love time, poem time, time for words to wash the wounds, bind the lashes and play bassoon, love time, poem time, time for poems, poets and singers, time to untie all life's ringers, poem time, love for you to reveal to me unravel all your mystery time for joy and utter grace rest from toiling in this place place of poems place of words place for love instead of swords love time poem time poem time Love time, love time, poem time, times for words from heaven to shine. Love time, poem time, time for words to pattern and rhyme. Love time, poem time, times for words to wash the wounds, bind the lashes and play bassoon. Love time, poem time, poem time, love time, time for poems, poets, singers, times to untie all life's ringers. Time for you to reveal to me, unravel all your mystery. Time for joy and utter grace, rest from toiling in this place. Place of poems, place of words, place for love instead of swords. Love time, poem time, poem time, love time, love time, poem time, poem time, love time, love time, poem time. Poem time, love time, love time, poem time.